Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership, allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. All right. Welcome to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. Very excited to have our guest on today. But before I talk about our guest, I want to just kind of give a summary on this episode. And if you're in franchising as a franchisor, you know that you've built a great business, but franchising is now a whole other business. And it has so many nuances to it. You've got your corporate business, the actual operation, you've got your operations of the franchise system. You've got your franchise development, finances, so much. And so I'm excited to talk about preparing for growth and what you need to grow properly. So our guest today is Ashley Lozo, who's become a friend of mine, who, to give a background, seven years of experience in franchising. Ashley brings both breadth and depth of knowledge as an experienced franchise executive. She's worked alongside 50 franchise brands in a broad spectrum of areas, including franchise sales, developing and implementing marketing and lead generation strategies, driving operational efficiencies. Her approach to business development and scalability starts by honoring the brand's growth phrase and goals while identifying challenges and capitalizing on strengths to craft an actual plan and vision that creates full momentum and a competitive edge. Welcome to the show, Ashley. How are you? Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Christian, for having me. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing awesome. It's Friday when we're filming this for the audience, but for us, it's Friday, so I'm good. I'm happy. That's right. Well, I think a great place to start, Ashley. You know, we can get into the amazing things that you all do at Impact Brands, but before that, let's learn a little bit about you. How did you get into franchising? What has your time been like in franchising? Let's start there. Yeah. Well, this is actually one of my favorite questions, not only to answer, but also to ask. Everyone's story is a little bit different. So and I'm all about storytelling. So a little bit about me. So I was in corporate America for about seven years. At that time, I was getting and securing my bachelor's degree in business and entrepreneurship. And at the same time, my certification in a method of psychotherapy. So I had these two very different worlds. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in and start my own private practice working with athletes. And so that's what I did. I started my private practice working with athletes on preventing and recovering from injury through mindfulness. And while I was building that, and it was very slow ramp, but while I was in the midst of that, I noticed that there was no way for me to scale that. And having my business hat on, I was like, this isn't necessarily for me because I don't know how to scale this. But was still willing to take that risk and was still ramping up. But at that time, I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get a, a just a part-time position. And I went through a staffing agency and they placed me with a leadership and development franchise concept out of Denver, Colorado. And I think in the first couple of weeks, I was like, holy cow, this is my two worlds melted together. And I absolutely fell in love with franchising. So I continued to develop my career. I actually left my practice and the athletes that I was working with and went full into franchising and was able to develop my career working with and scaling and building two different franchise development companies. And this is where it allowed me to work with over 50 brands in a very short period of time of what Dan said, seven years. And then most recently, I've partnered with Impact Brands as their strategic coach and 
really my main objective is to attract, vet, and guide founders of consumer brands through the initial stages of our due diligence process or investigation process. And then once they do become acquired, then I work hands-on with them on the strategic element to get them to where they want to grow or where they want to evolve to. So from all that experience, and I always like to name and bring this full circle, but really I'm passionate about working with founder-led brands. I consider them business athletes. And it's very similar to when I was working with athletes and the the mindset and the grit and the passion for what they do every day. Servant leadership is huge. So I've been very blessed and lucky to work with a wide variety of founders and backgrounds. I love it. I'm excited to dive into all that. But even before we do that, what was it about franchising? I'm just curious, when you took that part-time position for that leadership and development brand, what was it about franchising that just something clicked and you were like, wow, this is the place to be. This is the merging of those two worlds. And this is exactly what I wanted. What was it about franchising that drew you in? Well, number one is the energy behind it. We're, you know, providing opportunities to individuals that may have not realized their business goals without franchising. And I quickly, you know, saw that when I was with that brand, I actually had dual roles. I was in sales and I was pre-qualifying candidates and I was in marketing to try to attract those candidates. So I got to see what efforts worked and what didn't and also help guide them into, you know, you're looking to make a career switch or you're looking to invest in your legacy or your future of your family. And that's something that I just I completely got on board with. It's an eclectic background, right? Very few people have the experience in each of those areas and being able to pull from each area to come up with one overall strategy. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. You've done a lot in Seven years is like long, but not that long. It's pretty remarkable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. If you listen to our show, I don't ask questions. I just give compliments. And uh, Christian asks questions. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, we don't get enough compliments in life. That's what I always say. Like, I try to give people compliments that I find actually about them because we go through life. No one gives us any compliments. That's right. It's important. It's important. And it allows you to connect and build trust. And that connection is so important as you start to build those relationships and rapport. So I'll take them all. I'll take all the compliments. <laughs> Love it. No, but seriously, like, you ever had someone you never met, but they give you a genuine compliment about your shoes that you just got? And you're like, man, I really like you. <laughs> yeah, like my light up sketchers as a kid. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's interesting as an adult, it's actually hard to accept compliments because you're like, whoa, that was weird. And, you know, I encourage people to slow down and actually fully receive those compliments. And it's such a difference to be able to do that versus kind of be off guard and accept it. So, yeah. Well, as long as you don't say, I know, right? Can you imagine you get a compliment? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. That's a part of, you know, who we're looking for in terms of, you know, the founders that we're looking to partner with, they, they definitely have to be humble and they have to have humility. Those are two characteristics that, you know, if you, you don't have that, it's going to be very difficult to be coachable and to work alongside of you and to grow that brand to the next level. So got to be humble. Yeah. Why don't we get into that? I think that's a great segue. As you evaluate brands, a lot of our listeners could be a potential fit. Let's understand that. Like, What would make a great business and then additionally a great founder in, in your opinion? Well, for us, 
We are focused. We have two main segments that we're going after, consumer retail and then consumer services, specifically WIC brick and mortar, because we have a real estate team in-house. That's a part of one of our co-founders, Aubrey Linville. You know, that's his background. So, you know, we're looking for concepts like children's sports and recs, specialty retail, beauty, you know, clothing, niche food services on the consumer services side. Integrated pet care would be fantastic. Children's tutoring education is huge for us. Non-medical health and wellness, education and training. So those are some examples. I know a lot of individuals in private equity right now is looking for home service based. And we're actually taking a very different approach because we do have that real estate arm and that experience in that. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I mean, home services is... I love the home services space. I think there's a ton of opportunity there, obviously. But it is nice and a little bit refreshing to find someone zigging when everyone else is zagging. So it is nice to hear. Yeah opportunities and brands, you know, outside of, well, here's another painting company. Here's uh, another restoration company. No offense to anybody in those industries. I think they're fantastic, but that's awesome. They are. They're wonderful. I've worked with many. I've worked with many home service concepts and I, I love them, but that's not what we are looking to be a part of because otherwise it would go away from really our experience and the expertise that we have in that area of the real estate expansion. Absolutely. You mentioned a few different industries there. And I'm curious, what about those industries is so appealing? Why those industries? Well, and I love that question because we definitely, and this is something that you know I was prepping for our podcast together and really focusing on growth strategies for emerging brands. We do exactly the same as what we help our brands do, which is really slow down to speed up and stay focused. And in order to do that, you really need to figure out these little key items and foundational pieces like your persona. Who are you looking to partner with? What segments do you want to enter? You know, what does that all look like? And we did a lot of research and competitive analysis and a lot of time spent figuring out where were the high demand markets that were also in the brick and mortar space, but they were sustainable. And that's something that's very important as we were, you know, acquiring brands. They need to not only have great foundation and proven systems and processes and a great founder, dynamic founder, but within the industry, it just, it can't be something that's here today, gone tomorrow. It's so important in the practice that you're doing to stay laser focused and disciplined. I know I've gone through that a little bit in my journey to what I do next, you know, slowing down to speed up, Mm -hmm. maybe taking even what feels like 10 steps backwards to then go spring forward. Right. And you're helping the founder really do that. Because as an entrepreneur, it's not easy to do that. It's not. Surrounding yourself with people that help you do that is probably important for a lot of your clients. Yeah. And a lot of founders are visionaries. So that's not in their DNA at all by any means. And so it's really important to ground them and to, like I said, slow them down to focus. But then in the long run, that's, that actually speeds up the process. Yeah. So when you say visionary, you're talking about the traction EOS model, right? Where they're not so much of an operations person. They're not... I think Dan and I are probably both that. I mean, Dan's probably better at ops than I am, but my mind gets numb when I start thinking about systems and processes, as important as I know that they are. And I like a good system, right. but putting it together is difficult and just not fun for me. Whereas talking to people, leading, selling the brand, promoting it, those are the types of things that are exciting. So part of the value that you all bring to founders is you're helping with a lot of that ops, it sounds like. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, we have a best-in-class in-house platform where we're helping them secure, you know, marketing, insurance, legal, franchise development, and sales. So it's a full suite that these brands get access to. And one thing that's uniquely different about impact brands versus other portfolio companies out there or other investment companies out there is that we want to keep these brands autonomous. We also want the founders to stay in place. So when we acquire a brand, our deals are structured. So those founders, we're helping those founders. We're not just coming in taking over that brand. We're actually coming in and bolting on our experience, providing that mentorship, that guidance, that support the systems and processes, as you mentioned, to elevate them to that next phase of growth. Yeah. And I think anytime brick and mortar is involved, I mean, that just has such an interesting and fun and dynamic challenge that it's difficult. And obviously, if you're scaling nationwide, there's different laws, there's different requirements in different parts of the country, different markets, obviously. So mm-hmm. it's really important to be able to have that level of support because, you know, what works in California maybe doesn't work quite as well in Idaho. Maybe there's different rules. So right. how do you guys coach on that front? Well, I guess it's just all dependent. Right now, we don't have a brand that's in a completely different like West Coast. Mm. And nor is our focus on that. Our focus more is going to be probably Mississippi to the east of Mississippi. Mississippi River, that is. And the reason is, is because we wanted to keep it at least localized for right now. Now we'll open that up and expand it as we grow and scale, but we've been there and done that. So if we don't know it, we have resource to understand and know it. And we will be able to provide that back to these brands. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's really smart. I think that sometimes franchisors, especially if they partner with like a franchise sales organization and they're like, let's just go national, boom, and we're going to hit it hard and they sell franchises everywhere. And obviously, it's not just about selling the franchises. Now you have to open them, support them. So what is the reasoning behind keeping it more regional and confined to a certain part of the country? I mean, I think it's smart. I think it does make sense. But for the audience that maybe you're wondering why that might be, Mm -hmm. what is the reason? Yeah, and when I say... You know, it's when we go and acquire these brands, we're looking for them to be a little bit more regional, not necessarily them to develop a plan or strategy to stay regional. It's going to vary based on obviously the brand and what their goals are. We want to, again, meet them where they are and help elevate them from there. So to clarify that, I'm referring to the brands that we actually are working alongside of. We want them to be regional because we know that it's very important to be face-to-face with individuals. And things happen differently when you're... Especially when you're building relationships, you know, social cues and, you know, this world of virtual, yes, it's great and wonderful, but it's really important to get in front of people too and have that face-to-face and exchange that energy and that passion and really get to the nitty gritty of how we can assist. So that's our strategy behind it is the brands that we are looking to acquire. We want them to be, if possible, local or you know, a quick plane ride away. And that's the other thing. We're all very busy and we don't want to sacrifice providing excellent service and support to these individuals because we have to go across the country and we're losing a day in between. So that's our strategy behind that. Yeah, there's an inherent value to that for sure, right? If you're getting in there on a 
quarterly or probably more than that monthly or whatever it is, basis versus flying all the way across the country. Is that kind of the case once a month, once a quarter, you're typically face-to-face or does it depend on the brand or? Yeah, it's really going to be dependent on the brand. So um, we'll build that that cadence out. You mentioned EOS and we in-house operate out of EOS as well. And so it's important to stay on that cadence with our brands, which if you guys know that framework, it's, you know, annual VTOs, vision traction organizers. Some people are not calling it business plans. And then meeting quarterly to make sure that we're hitting those rocks and those goals for that specific quarter that apply to the year or the annual goals. So it will be based on a little bit of that, a little bit about the needs of the brand and so on and so forth. So again, every brand, every deal is just a little bit different. Yeah. It's interesting. If you're a founder of a franchise, you face now so many opportunities that were not available to the same degree only even a few years ago, right? Like if you think about it, you've got a certain amount of units, you've got private equity. At a lower end, you've got the strategic side. And I'm sure those are also purchasing at higher amounts too. But either you got private equity, you got strategic buyers. You've got now companies like yourself, you've got FSOs, you've got the broker networks, you've got the do it completely on your own. And, you know, I don't need anybody. It's a lot of options to choose from, which is great, right? Because there's not one solution that fits all brands. Very interesting that if I was a founder of a franchise, pros and cons lists I'd have to make. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. And we also have to voice and be careful in the industry that we operate out of. Again, there's a lot of empty promises of growth. You talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, we can take your brand and build it to 100 in the next two years. (laughs) It's very difficult to do. It can be done, but it's very difficult. So there's got to be realistic expectations. So as those brands are looking for various opportunities, as you just mentioned, it's important for them to do their due diligence as well. Because, you know, annually in franchising, I don't know if you guys have heard this stat, but there's 300 brands that enter as a franchisor and there's 300 brands that fail every single year. And many fail due to the lack of capital, due to lack of knowledge and support. And honestly, there's a steep learning curve to franchising. So it is important to, if you do have the opportunity to partner up with someone, partner up with someone. And that's really, you know, our founders, Justin Strickland and Aubrey Linville, they had that vision to be that hands-on support and guidance and mentorship and really help founders get everything they need on their journey of growth. And, you know, my main mission in life is to actually reduce that stat because there's so much potential out there. They just need focus and they also need the capital and they don't know what they don't know. So it's very important to provide them with a good source or a good resource of information versus pulling and picking from, you know, various conversations where I've heard many of founders kind of get into the weeds a little bit because they're just trying to piecemeal things together. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've actually never heard that stat. So that's good to know because you hear about, my gosh, there's so many different franchisors out there. There's new ones constantly coming into the market, but you also don't hear about the ones that are exiting the market for the reasons that you explained, not enough capital. And then we talk about this on the show before, but you know your core business, right? If it's beauty, if it's pet care, whatever it is, you know that business, but you don't necessarily know franchising. It's a totally different beast. Right. And like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And there's so many aspects to it. And there are people within the industry, companies within the industry that will overpromise, underdeliver, and hype you up. Yeah, I can grow your brand really, really quickly. 
but there's so much that goes into that. There's so much that goes into supporting the franchisees. And at the end of the day, what makes a successful franchise brand? Well, I would argue happy, successful franchisees. 100%. Yeah. What I see with someone who's franchising their business, like you're going from the minor leagues to the major leagues. Not that it wasn't really hard to build a business in your local area. It's super hard. But you can, you know, do certain things. Your accounting can be a little bit less. You do certain things, maybe be a little creative with your P&Ls or maybe you're, you know, not following all the compliance that needs to happen. You know, you're a small business owner. But when you want to become a franchisor, you're going from a regional business to a national enterprise. It's really what your goal of building, where you become a corporation, becoming something that's much larger than yourself. And so I see the biggest struggle with someone that wants to do that. A lot of it's in the mind first, right? That you have to change. I went through that myself. I ran a good business, but it was still an owner-run business, right? And now seeing like, hey, if you want to be a national company, there's a lot of things you have to change the way that you operate, the way that you think, the way that you you know, hire people. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens is that jump starts first in our mind, right? If you want to be a successful mm-hmm. franchisor. And then I think it's what you're saying with partnering, it's understanding that like you don't take percentages home to the bank. I have 100%. Like take dollars to the bank. And if you give up a little bit of a percentage to a team, you know, you go further together than you're going fast alone, right? So mm-hmm. it makes a ton of sense to partner with someone because you, again, for start of this call was about Starting a franchise, literally starting all over the business. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And I named it before, but you know, franchising is capital intensive. You know, to get to that hundred, which that's everyone's goal over a ten-year period, you can do it quicker, but you need at least a million to two million to get there. So, how are you going to do it? You know, what is your plan of action? But also take a step back because you did say mindset, and the first thing when working. Or when even, you know, vetting or having conversations with brands, I like to dig into their why. You know, why did you get into franchising? I hear so many times that people are in their local markets and they have a handful of people on a daily basis coming in and saying, do you franchise this? Is this franchise? And then, you know, they're like, oh, I should go and franchise this. But what they don't understand is like, what is needed to franchise successfully and what inspires them to franchise? That's the question I like asking. So what about franchising your brand inspires you? What gets you excited? If the answer is solely based on monetary value, which is just, I'm just here to make money. I personally will bet my own money that that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> this is a relationship building business. It's, it's all about building relationships. It's all about building relationship equity. I don't think you could get through franchising if you're only after money because it's too hard. You got to like really love the process of walking on coals, you know, (laughs) kidding, but like it's hard, not easy. Yeah. You have to love supporting franchisees and helping people get into business and seeing them succeed. And you have to be a servant leader. I mean, we hear that all the time, but I mean, it really is a lot of truth to that. So let's talk a little bit about which types of brands, like what do you look for specifically within brands? And then what are some of those growth strategies to really help them go from maybe a handful of locations and then grow from there. Mm-hmm. And when does it make sense? I know there's a lot of questions here. And when does it make sense for them to approach impact brands and to partner with a company like yours? Yeah. So I'll start with that one. So first and foremost, we're looking for brands that have a proven model. So at least three locations opened. So and that could be corporately owned or it could be 
one location and two franchises, but at least three at the bare minimum. So again, these very micro early stage concepts, the industry terminology. And then the growth strategies, we actually have a framework and a proven model or roadmap, I should say. We call it, it's an acronym, Ad Astra, which in Latin means to the stars. So we want to be able to provide brands, you know, everything that they need, the mentorship, the guidance, the support to reach and exceed their full potential. And when I talked about that stat, you know, those are the individuals that aren't reaching their full potential because of various reasons. So we're coming in and bolting on and helping support and elevate from there. But we use a unified platform, as I mentioned before. And like I said, every brand is going to be very different. So again, we come in and we take inventory on where they are. Where do they need support? Maybe they don't need so much support on building infrastructure. Maybe they need help with just the national real estate plan, which our team can provide. Or maybe we need help on creating a better sales tool within the FDD and we're not showing the numbers that we need to show in order to actually paint the story effectively to grow further. Maybe they just don't know who their persona is in terms of a franchise candidate. So every brand's a little bit differently, but that is the roadmap that we utilize. At Astra actually is analyzed. And then from there, each individual letter, basically we're going through and applying capital and analyzing and so on and so forth. So more information on our website on that strategy, but that is the acronym, which is at Astra. So how would someone get in touch with you, Ashley? What's the best way if someone's listening and they have interest in learning more? Yeah, great question. You can visit us on the website, which is weimpactbrands.com. You can also shoot us an email at info at weimpactbrands.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with anyone. And like I said, our investigation process, it's an extensive process. So don't be scared to take the first steps in just having a conversation. We don't lock you in and we're not hounding you every two hours to try to convert and have a conversation with you. But if you truly are interested and you need that support and the infrastructure and the capital, we're happy to have that initial conversation and see if it makes sense. And it's a good fit for both of us. That's a really great point to wrap up with. You're going to give people a path. If they're not ready, you're going to explain to them why and what they can do. Yes. I've always been taught, start with the end in mind. And mm-hmm. I got my career started reaching out to people further along than me. And what is the saying? Get the mentor that's already done what you want to do. That's important, right? But in this case, they can talk with you, learn, build a relationship, and have that mentorship from the organization if they're not ready to get them to where they want to be. So... Yeah, makes sense. That sounds like a no-brainer if you get a chance to talk with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't bite, I promise. I love I love talking. So please reach out. All right. Love it. Any last parting words of wisdom before we wrap up? For the brands that aren't necessarily ready for an impact, I think the key things really is have your why. It's so important. You got to understand what your why is, why you're franchising, why you want to do this, what you're passionate about. And taking that and then figuring out as a founder what your roles and responsibilities are, because that's going to allow you to build a, an accountability chart, a solid accountability chart. Even if you're just starting off, you know, you don't have to have the full org chart figured out, but start small and figure out where your needs are based on what you want to do as a founder. Invest ahead of growth, which is really important. You know, you need to build your team, but you can start off slow and be strategic about that. You know, find a mentor. People love 
talking and people love providing and assisting others. So if you can find a mentor or an expert to help forecast and navigate ahead of those obstacles like we do for our brands, that's going to be really beneficial for your success moving forward. And then lastly, obviously capital. You need money to make money. And so start small, grow regionally if need be, use the word of mouth and build it locally. You can do that and still be successful. You know, you can try to fundraise and go out and raise capital, or you can do the investor route or the private investment like we are, which is very different than a traditional PE company. But there's so many options out there. So don't feel like you don't have any options. And again, you know, reach out if you have any additional questions. But again, we're trying to reduce that stat. And so those four pieces of info or insight is imperative to a brand success. I love it. I think that's an amazing mission. I think we can all agree that let's get that stat down and love what you guys are doing over there. So weimpactbrands.com. Make sure to connect with Ashley on LinkedIn. Thanks again for coming on. This has been an amazing episode. And everyone tuning in, thank you for tuning in. And we want to make sure that we're able to continue to get this message out there, help more people understand franchising, get into franchising, succeed with franchising. So share the episode, leave a review, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com. 